0: Hey, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at our Live at 5 video every Tuesday afternoon. You're my last patient of the day. People will email their questions in. We have five of them every Tuesday at uh, 5.30 actually. And I usually look at these and give my honest answer off the cuff about what what I think about these. So remember, it is off the cuff. Um, But... We always get some great, great questions, and let's see what it looks like today. I hope you're having a great day. Um, It's been a busy one for us. It's very cold out there. So um, first question, does the ketogenic diet help diabetes or make it worse? That's a great question. Of course, a ketogenic diet is a very low-carb diet and diabetics need low carbs. There's no doubt about that. So, But a ketogenic diet takes it way low, usually less than 20 grams of carbs. So it's kind of a hard diet to, to follow. Now, for type 1 diabetics, I would never put a type 1 insulin-dependent diabetic on a ketogenic diet. Um, it'd be kind of dangerous for them. Um, it wouldn't really throw them into diabetic ketoacidosis, but um, it, you'd really have to be chasing your sugars and insulin levels all over the place. So not for a type one, um, for type two, um, you know, I may use a modified ketogenic diet. It's just hard to stay in ketosis all the time. And for a diabetic, sometimes you could get confused on whether or not, uh, you're producing ketones in your blood or urine. Um, but there is a huge difference between diabetic ketoacidosis and just being in ketosis Um, for DKA or diabetic ketoacidosis which you can go into a coma and die from you're gonna have very high sugars and high ketones in your blood um, and your urine for ketosis you're gonna have you're gonna be producing ketones that'll show up in your urine and blood but you're gonna have low sugars so there's a huge difference in that um, so a low carb diet will never cause, uh, a diabetic ketoacidosis situation on people. But in any way, so, um, so no, it's not necessarily bad for a type two diabetic to try ketosis, but I usually find that just a, a moderate, moderately low carb diet, say around 50 gram of carb. And what I like even better, of course, which is something I talk about all the time is intermittent fasting, um, where you have that, uh, eating window of maybe eight hours better as six hours. I do seven myself, um, to where it kind of brings you into a, a, um, a, a, it brings you into ketosis just temporarily. You get in and out of it, but I love the intermittent fasting. So I hope that answers your question. Um, uh, type one, no type two, maybe. Um, but intermittent fasting is better. Uh, certainly you have to follow those sugar levels pretty closely. Um, We even have a ketone blood meter in our office so we can see if you are in ketosis how deep you're getting into it. But um, And some people do it really well. It's all individualized. So I don't say no every time. Um, It depends. But uh, I hope that helped you. Um, Anyway, question two. Do you have any thoughts on t- the two vaccines coming out for COVID? Um, yeah, you know, um, the two, uh, Pfizer and Moderna, have come out with COVID vaccines that are uh, 90 and 95% effective. Um, Pfizer's 90%, I think. Uh, Moderna's about 95%. So that's very encouraging, really. Um, You know, I'm certainly not an anti-vaxxer type person. I've been discouraged with the flu vaccines the last few years. I never take one anymore because they just can't seem to get it right. And thousands of patients have told me over the years that the flu vaccine gives them the flu or makes them sick. I'm starting to believe them. But for this COVID, it's probably going to be a different situation because we've had all the the brightest geniuses in the world work on this for the last eight or nine months and you're talking about you know one virus the covid the sars uh two virus you you know so it's more specific and i think it'll probably be a very effective vaccine and so far if you look at the trials the people that had problems with the vaccine the double blind placebo controlled trial were actually the people that got placebo, not even the vaccine. So, I mean, you may have a sore arm and have, a you know, mild symptoms, but um, it, it sure beats getting COVID in a bad way. Again, COVID for most people is can be a pretty mild illness, and I've certainly treated a lot of it, a few hundred cases, um, all outpatient, of course. But So I've gotten to know the illness pretty well, I think from talking to a lot of these people, even on a daily basis. Um, so for most people, it, it's pretty mild. I treat early because I think if you treat early, you lessen your chances of having this cytokine storm and then really getting down into your lungs and you end up in the hospital where you don't want to end up. So, um, so I'm encouraged by the vaccine. I I certainly think the masses Um, will benefit by this, especially those that are most vulnerable, vulnerable to the disease, like nursing home patients, elderly people with heart and lung disease, first line healthcare workers. Um, So I'm encouraged by the, these two vaccines. So um, we'll see, you know, I generally like for things to be out a while before I I take them or recommend them. But um, I mean, and we're going to achieve some form of herd immunity anyway. I mean, this stuff is like wildfire all over the place right now, especially in East Tennessee. It's unbelievable how many people have this. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think you should fear it so much as they'll make you believe. Um, but I'm certainly encouraged by the vaccine, and I would not not discourage anybody from taking it. Let's put it that way and hopefully keep our fingers crossed and this really works and we can get some herd immunity naturally and then a lot of it by the vaccine. So, um, I'm encouraged. Um, question three, what do you recommend men do for prostate cancer? Man, that is a, a loaded question. Um, you know, doing the, uh, men's health and working a lot with, Uh, prostates and low T and all that I've I've got a lot of experience in the different forms of treatment for prostate cancer Um, you know there's several treatments Um, you know the if you first of all you look and see on biopsy and again I like the MRI uh, directed biopsies if possible Um, it's a lot less invasive Um, and we've had good results from referring to centers that do this, um, and now even around here in Bristol, they're doing some of this. They have the MRI capability of it now. Um, as a matter of fact, I spoke to a urologist named Dr. Rogers. It's not no relation, but he's—I think he's on the forefront of this up in our upper East Tennessee area. So. Um, before that i had to send them to either ut hospital or chattanooga or atlanta so kudos to him because um, uh, i think it is the way of the future um you can localize it better it's certainly a lot less invasive and um and a lot of times you can tell if they have prostate cancer just by the mri so i do like mri prostates um, but as far as if you do find you have cancer it depends on what grade of cancer you have There's something called a Gleason score that will uh, predict how aggressive that cancer is. So if you had a Gleason score of 6, which is very mild, may not even be cancer, I think observation is is one of the things you can do for this. Um, If you get on up into the more aggressive forms of cancer, certainly you can get a, a radical prostatectomy, which is what they used to do for everybody. Of course, you worry about incontinence and ED and all the bad things that can happen there post-surgery. So if you do this, I recommend you get the robotic uh, nerve-sparing type of uh, surgery. But even this sometimes can uh, leave you with some incontinence and impotence. So, um, you know, you got to certainly choose a skilled surgeon for this, which I can hopefully help direct you to that. Um, Then you have your proton centers that, it's radiation basically, but much more focused. Um, You can get that in Knoxville now at the proton center. You know, it has its pluses and minuses. It's quite a few treatments, um, you know, over the course of about a month. Sometimes they try shortened courses. And you can still have some of the radiation side effects to your bowels and things. Um, You know, the, the... brachytherapy or seed implants sometimes is not quite as good. Sometimes I'll do this on, on older people. My father had the seed implants and um, didn't do real great with them because they caused a lot of side effects. I wouldn't choose that method personally. Um, and, you know, there's some newer stuff too with um, laser ablation. Um, you have to go to a center for that. There's very few people doing that. And I think, uh, you know, I've sent several patients for it, though, and they loved it. They did great with it and certainly didn't cause any impotence or incontinence. Um, Sometimes it's hard to follow them because are still going to have PSA measurements. Um, But I think the technology is advancing in that regard. So the insurance won't pay for it and it can be expensive. Um, So... You know, it's a really highly individualized thing. So you can go from anywhere from observation and doing nothing depending on your age and grade of your cancer all the way up to ripping your prostate out um, to taking some of the more nerve-sparing procedures. Uh, so I don't know. I have a lot of people that come in and get try to talk to me about it, and I'll look at all their information and try to give them a, an unbiased— opinion on what I would do. Again, you know, um, people that do a certain way are going to push their way on you. And, you know, I can sometimes maybe help guide you uh, on what I've seen and various options that you may have. But great question. Great question. All right. Question four. What do you mean when you say anti-inflammatory diet? Um, Well, it's kind of like an autoimmune diet. You know, what you eat is, it may be the most important determinant of how much inflammation you have in your body. Certainly, inflammation and autoimmune disease usually start in the gut. So, um, you want to get an autoimmune or the same thing, anti-inflammatory diet. You stay away from inflammatory food foods that can cause leaky gut, IBS, those type of things. By inflammatory foods, I usually mean sugars, glutens dairy soy corn um sometimes nightshade vegetables like tomatoes and peppers and uh, onions and eggplant and again a lot of people have food sensitivities that i'll check through a blood test in the office and kind of got them because everybody's different in the way they respond to different foods um genetically so sometimes we'll look at that but those ones I mentioned are the typical um, and eggs can be another one eggs can be very inflammatory in some people Uh, so sometimes what I'll do is put people on this diet for a month or so an elimination diet see how they do with their joints and some of their autoimmune issues so that's what I mean by an anti-inflammatory diet great great question and then I usually can use uh probiotics uh prebiotics i love our gluten shield that has gluten blockers and lactase in it and digestive enzymes that's been a great thing for us as a gluten shield because it's all in one pill and it's affordable um question five do you advise people to cycle off of vitamins if so for how long um uh, yeah, I think it's a, probably a good idea to take a break. A lot of times, people, if they take their vitamins six days out of seven, that's kind of a, a way to cycle off on them and not get tolerant to them. Um, you know, so you can do that. Maybe take your vitamin six days a week instead of seven. And, but for the most part, for most of your vitamins, I keep people on them. You know, I don't give them long breaks from vitamins. I think vitamins are so important it's a matter of fact it's at the base of my food pyramid those supplements and vitamins you take it's just so hard to get them from your foods that it's really impossible Uh, so i think every human does need supplementation and of course i'll bang this in till the covid epidemic goes away c d and zinc for everybody right now and if you get covid of course i'm popping the levels of those vitamins way up so Um, I think it's very important that you take these vitamins. So, you know, if you miss a day, a day, a week of them, that's kind of a a self-cycling. So that's my preferred method of that. But great question. Um, Anything else? One more. Your all therapy results were amazing. Was that just one treatment and how long the results last? (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, I was kind of a guinea pig with... My daughter, Kelly, who's our esthetician that does all the oil therapy. She's an absolute oil therapy expert. And I, I had one treatment, and uh, it, it did work great. I mean, if you look at my before and after, uh, they're pretty amazing just by one treatment. It, I was on her table probably for at least an hour and a half. It did get kind of hot, but all I took was one Motrin, and I got through it. And she has some other ways to get you through it. Um, if you, if you think it's a little painful, but, um, like the nitrous, uh, gas, but, or maybe she'll give you a glass of wine, who knows. But, um, yeah, it was, and it probably, la- it's supposed to last up to two years or more. So, um, I mean, I, it, for lax skin and redefining jaws and chins and, uh, perking your cheeks up, your foreheads, it's great for under the eyes. And, um, you know, it was great. It was great. I really think I'm going to get her to do my neck next. Um, so anyway, but uh, I appreciate you saying that. Now, okay, we have some people typing in some questions. Uh, um, so do we have any other questions? Oh, okay, here I've got some at the very bottom. So that means people are, at, are watching this. Um, this comes from Bob. Is liposuction safe? Um, well, it's... it's it's been d- done for a long time. It's certainly a, a the old gold standard for getting rid of, of fat. Um, but, you know, it can carry its risk of blood clots and certain things. I think massive amounts of lipo at one time can be kind of dangerous. It's certainly pretty invasive. So Say you're getting it for just one area, like under your chin. That's a really nice way to do it. Of course, now we have different ways of doing that um it's a lot less invasive um with injections of um substances underneath the chin I think work real well so um you know it's been it's usually safe um uh you know there's other ways of getting rid of it um some of the cool sculpting some of the fat burners there's a lot of technology out there right now that i'm certainly not against uh, for spot reduction of uh, fat areas that you can't get rid of otherwise it's certainly not for obesity you know um so i like to tell you if you you need a normal bmi or one that's certainly not in the morbid obese category because it's not for weight reduction it's for spot reduction of um, problem areas of, of fat so I hope that helped you so you know it's a toughie I know a lot of good plastic surgeons that do it and are very successful with it um, but great question I hope that answered your question all right Karen writes does your office have protocol for COVID symptoms yes are you prescribing any preventative cocktail vitamin yeah You know, we're doing a ton of this. Again, I've treated at least three, four hundred cases of COVID over the phone. And I do have my preferred methods. It just depends on your health and all. So I don't like to say I don't practice cookbook medicine where I treat one patient like the other one. So I like to get your history and talk to you and see what kind of symptoms you're having. Of course, everybody right now should be on D, C, and Zinc. And... Uh, whether I use hydroxychloroquine, a lot of, I used a ton of that. Sometimes uh, if I don't choose to use it, um, I use ivermectin. It's a parasitic type drug we also use for scabies. Very safe. And by the way, hydroxychloroquine is very safe. Um, but I do use a lot of vitamins, uh, high-dose vitamins. Um, preventive vitamin cocktail, well, it's my... D, C, and Zinc, and if you get it, I'll pop up the is really high uh, for a short period of time, and uh, I usually use Pepsid along with it, a uh, blood thinner, maybe is just, a vi- uh, just an aspirin. Um, I usually use melatonin, um, quercetin, which is a flavonoid vitamin, which our vitamin C that we have in the office has it in it. Um, so uh yeah, I do. I use a lot of vitamin cocktails. I even to be honest with you, you know, if if I've been around some COVID, uh I take hydroxychloroquine on a preventive basis, just two hundred milligrams twice a week, just just to use it as a preventive. So great question. I do, I believe in it. I believe in it. Okay, I think that's the last question um it's been a great discussion i like those questions that come in at the end too if you're watching me live um so i hope this is helpful this is a rough time now with covid 19 but uh don't lose hope have faith we're hopefully rounding the corner even though it is peaking hopefully peaking we're in that i guess what they call third wave so um i'm just hoping that um this new vaccine and maybe the other development of some natural herd immunity and certainly early treatment, early, early treatment. I know it saves lives and it prevents people from going in the hospital with it. Um, Some of the cases I hear about, if I just talk to them, you know, as a matter of fact, I was talking to uh, one of my cousins uh, uh, just a few nights ago, who's a breast cancer surgeon in Little Rock, And I was asking her about her experiences with COVID in their hospital, and she told me the case of one of the uh, younger, well, 50-ish cardiologists who got it and healthy marathoner type with no preexisting got it and did fine until about 11 days after he got it and then took a sudden turn down, could not breathe, um, got that cytokine storm, deep lung reaction, and um, that typical ground glass appearance on chest X-ray. O2 sats were bad, ended up in the hospital for almost two weeks, I think. And, you know, if I just think if he'd have gotten treatment early with some of the things that we're doing, if we could have prevented some of that. Um, so you think maybe sure maybe could i'd certainly like prevention over uh getting worse and having to go in the hospital for it so um, early treatment i think works so um but anyway great questions hope you have a great week we'll see you again next tuesday night thank you